Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Perhaps you saw this little matter from the United States military that just came out the other day, yesterday, concerning United States military policy on acceptable flags at military installations, military properties, and so forth. The Defense Secretary, Mark Esper, he issued a statement, and he distributed a memo to the various leaders, the defense leaders in the senior capacity, senior ranks. And the memo excerpted from it, it stated, flags are powerful symbols, particularly in the military community for whom flags embody common mission, common histories, and the special timeless bond of warriors. And it stated that there would be acceptable flags and then there would be unacceptable ones. That the United States flag is to be the principal flag in the military. Shocker there, right? And that other flags that are displayed quote, must accord with the military imperatives of good order and discipline, treating all our people with dignity and respect and rejecting divisive or divisive symbols, end quote. It went on to list acceptable flags, those belonging to the United States states, the United States territories, the military services, and United States allies, you know, like Saudi Arabia and so forth, right? United States partners and member organizations like NATO, UN, and so forth. It didn't state the U.N., it stated NATO. But, needless to say, the United Nations, that extremely anti-American, anti-Western organization, which the United States is the major funder or funding source for, (laughs) that would be considered a partner a member organization. Those are all acceptable. What is not acceptable is Confederate flags. Because after all, we know, courtesy of the likes of such intellectually honest giants as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, that the CSA, the Confederate States of America, was a treasonous organization. And it was peopled by, led by, traitors against the United States of America. Right? Isn't that right? No, that is not right. 
But it is the narrative that is out there that Nancy Pelosi has put out there that the Democrat Party is promoting. The United States military has been continually corrupted, perverted, corroded, going back many decades now. It's not just about how many bodies are in the military, Mr. President, that constitutes strength in the military. Nor is it even the technological wizardry, you might say. The latest and greatest weapons systems and gadgets and what have you. No. Including, of course, artificial intelligence now, which has come to the fore. It's not just the extreme development of special forces. No. It's not nuclear weapons systems that at the root, at the heart, constitutes strength of the military. What constitutes strength in the military, which is a thing of the past, is character, godly character, righteousness, valor, But those are old, passe things. Underlying all of them is faith in God, faith in Christ, not false religions. Believe what you will. But the military has been on a path to expunge traditional Christianity from the military. But this theme that Esper put forth, that flags embody common mission. What is the mission? The mission of the United States military is to be an employer. It offers careers for young women, for teenage girls. It markets to teenage girls. Now, again, going back to that old, antiquated, arcane Bible in which young men were not permitted into the military until the age of 20, and that's back when people had longevity that was less than longevity in the United States of America and the Western nations of today, in case you wondered. They were not accepted into the military until the age of 20. And those who were profane and wicked were not allowed in the military. Very different from today. (laughs) Oh, but we have this common mission. What is the mission? The mission is whatever the leaders say that the mission is. No matter how perverse and profane that mission is. Common histories. Oh, really? With all of the revisionist history, with all of the corruption and perversion of actual factual history. You know, little things like 
the Holocaust of World War II. Oh, we will never forget. It will never happen again. Right? And yet, of course, we have allies whose flags are free to be flown at military properties, military facilities, military bases. Allies that are Islamist regimes that utterly deny that the Holocaust ever took place, understandably since they were allies of Adolf Hitler. And since they, of course, just happened to have launched what was intended to be a successful shock and awe attack with overwhelming force of more than 4 million heavily armed troops against the modern state of Israel peopled by elderly and less than elderly survivors of the Holocaust who were unarmed courtesy of Great Britain. And this was launched on the day that the United Nations accepted Israel as being a state. But Saudi Arabia, ally of ours. Jordan, ally of ours. Egypt, and the list goes on. Oh, we will never forget. Just like September 11th, 2001, we will never forget. Really. (laughs) Oh, not much. And so we have Islamist, former director of the Central Intelligence Agency, of course, John Brennan, but, and so forth. And this integration of the military by Islam, which does not serve God Almighty, worship God Almighty, but instead worships Satan, who masquerades by one of his pseudonyms, Allah. But, and then we can have NATO, and we can have UN, we can have these other forces that do not recognize the United States Constitution. Then we have myriad of others in the military who are completely, utterly, totally ignorant of the Constitution and or dismissive of and disrespectful towards the founders. Diametrically contrary to the leaders of the Confederate States of America. Diametrically contrary to the extraordinary, extraordinarily brave, courageous, in so many cases, outstanding military leaders of the Confederate States of America. Now, supposedly, the narrative is that, again, this was treason, high treason, even though the Constitution allowed for secession from the Union. But Abraham Lincoln forbid it. It was not a cause of treason. It did not constitute treason, contrary to our learned, learned head of the House of Representatives, Speaker of the House. 
But more on this if time allows. Meanwhile, of course, we cave in to the demands of mobs, particularly black mobs, but mobs in general, right? Mexican mobs. We can have Asian mobs. We just haven't had that yet, but we can. We can have white mobs. Oh, well, no, that's no problem there. They don't need to be in mobs. After all, they are in charge, right? Well, let's go back a ways. You know, a few decades back, and you find vicious mobs, overwhelmingly predominant white male sodomites committing mayhem, and mayhem is not a weak little word. It pertains to vicious, violent crime against the police in places like San Francisco and being treated with kid gloves because they were sodomites. Refuse and resist. Act up. Or, as I prefer, throw up. Vicious sadistic gangs, but they were white, you know, white and Jew, but which some, again, want to separate from white, you know, Semitic. And yet then you lump them together with all of the Islamists. Isn't that strange? And then when you have violence against Jews, they call it anti-Semitism. And yet, again, they're lumped together with the Islamists who are attacking them. Curious. But meanwhile, moving on. Piracy. Well, piracy on the high seas, where it has been the most egregious in the recent past, it has been along the East Coast, predominantly the Northeast Coast, of Africa. That has been the stronghold of this vicious, ruthless, murderous activity by black Islamist terrorists. But it has shifted now because of measures taken against them. It has shifted to the west coast of Africa, to the northwest coast of Africa and the Central West, where it is more active, more engaged in than anywhere else on earth. And again, black African terrorists, black Islamist terrorists, you know, Black Lives Matters kinds of folks, right? Really great. They commit murder, kidnap, very frequently followed by murder, but including torture and so forth. Wonderful stuff. Yes. But interestingly enough, slicing and dicing definitions, the definition of maritime piracy, it only includes attacks on shipping on the high seas more than 12 nautical miles from the coastline. 
and not under the jurisdiction of any state. Don't you love these fantastic manipulations and, you know, splitting of hairs in the form of law, right? That's all that piracy can entail. If it is committed within 12 miles of shore and or within an area that is under the jurisdiction of any nation or any state, then it is not piracy. So funny accounting, they can, you know, remove that. But West Africa is now the capital of it. Overwhelmingly in the vicinity of Nigeria, which refuses to allow (laughs) navies from other nations to get involved because it's their territorial waters, and they're doing such a great job against it. Well, Meanwhile, yes, it is occurring elsewhere. In fact, incidents of piracy have more than doubled throughout Asia since the coronavirus. That's right. Taking advantage of the coronavirus. Fascinating. But what is the significance of it, really, other than shutting down naval passageways, commerce by sea. Many times this amounts to oil, petroleum, and so forth. But it can also, of course, include all manner of other things. It's just the targets are usually the richest ones, the richest shipping companies, the richest cargoes, and so forth, but it can include all manner of other things, medical supplies, foodstuffs, and it really is endless. Wonderful stuff, you know? But again, where it is more active than anywhere else in the world, Africa, committed by black Islamist terrorists. Fascinating. Meanwhile, going back a ways, going back two full years, there was an incident which was seen on the Internet. And this was of a lovely, young, Parisian, French woman who was walking past a sidewalk cafe, an outdoor cafe. Before she got to the cafe, and she wasn't going into it, But before she got there, there was a fellow who crossed her path. Such a fellow. Now, this woman was white, and this fellow was white. And he uttered some nasty, vicious words to her. And she uttered something else. She was past him before she did but for him to shut up. That, as simple as that. And he was away from her. He took and threw an ashtray at her, narrowly missing her. Then he came back around quite a distance, and he attacked her in immediate proximity, point-blank proximity, 
to all manner of other young women that were sitting in the cafe. And he absolutely clocked her, sucker punched her. And there were some men there in the cafe who then went over to him to talk to him about it. It was very good. But this was mere evidence of something that goes on in France all the time. But it goes on in the major metropolitan cities of the United States of America all the time. Absolutely vicious, nasty, dirty harassment. Not some ephemeral claims of harassment, but actual, factual, vicious sexual harassment, along with groping, molesting, all these other things that go on routinely daily. And this young woman had the temerity to say to him to shut up. She didn't even think he heard it. But, oh, well, France, everything's so wonderful there, and, you know. But, meanwhile, in another part of the world, South Korea, one of the most technologically advanced nations in the world. It has greater numbers of people, percentage of people, in ownership of smartphones than virtually any place in the world. And they spend more time on their smartphones than virtually any place in the world. And there is a crime, digital sex crime. What is that? Well, it is something that has been made possible by such technology. The proliferation of such technology and the massive use of such technology as smartphones. And it is using spy cams, tiny cameras, tiny video recorders that are secreted in public toilets, public restrooms, public changing rooms, and so forth. And these videos that are made, as well as what are called upskirt videos, are put online and are used to vilify girls and young women and to make merchandise of them and to blackmail them and to denigrate them and to make small fortunes for those who engage in this, who engage in distribution of such. South Korea is awash with it. And there have been any number of young women, some of them extremely high-profile celebrity young women, that have committed suicide over this, that have been driven to that by vicious predators. The same as young teenage girls in the United States of America have been driven to commit suicide after having been seduced, raped, gang-raped, and videos made and posted online that then other students at their schools have harassed them about and so forth. And, of course, the wonderful young men that have committed these things, they aren't even slapped on the wrist. 
because that just wouldn't be, not in our civil society. But in South Korea, in addition to those myriad evils where it is extremely prevalent, pervasively prevalent, there's something else that has come to the fore, and that is this. In their sports delegations, their sports communities, the training of children to become athletes. And this really got its start, of course, under the Soviet Union and then in communist China. But meanwhile, all of the free world chose to adopt the same thing. Namely, instead of children engaging in sports and then as they got older into middle school, junior high school and high school, those who were the most talented and had developed the furthest, then they would get more coaching and so on and so forth. Well, that changed a long time ago now to the point where children were recruited and were trained in various sports that were eligible for the Olympics. This is the case in South Korea. And the terrible, monstrous, persistent, pervasive, physical abuse, as well as sexual abuse in the form of rape, but the physical abuse has been nothing short of horrendous in South Korea. South Korea has been enormously successful. You could say inordinately successful or disproportionately successful in these sports, in world championships and in Olympics. One young woman who suffered this for so long, she stated the following, he kicked and punched me so hard, especially on my head, that I even thought I could die here. Olympic athlete Shim Suk-hee. She has also accused this coach of raping her. Well, what is it that her coach received for punishment? For continually, monstrously assaulting her physically, terrorizing her. He was sentenced to 10 months in jail. Not only for assaulting her, but assaulting three others. But this is a pervasive pattern over there. But before I continue, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is due to me. That is on me. That is my fault. But this young woman, 21 years of age, 21 years of age now in 2020 stated that the sexual assault, the rapes started in 2014, six years ago when she was 15. Meanwhile, another young woman, that young woman, by the way, Shim Suk-hee, she's a speed skater, but another young woman, a tennis player, 
She stated that she was raped from the age of 10 by coach coaches. I thought it was a fascinating statement that was made by this chairwoman of the National Human Rights Commission of Korea, that is of South Korea, that said, we consider the seriousness of violence and sexual abuse in the sports field cannot be overlooked any longer. It was okay to overlook it all this time, but now it cannot be overlooked any longer. Here, here. <laughs> cannot be overlooked any longer. It was fine to overlook it for all of this time, but Meanwhile, a young woman, can't pronounce this correctly, but I'll take a flyer at it, Choi Suk-hoon, South Korean triathlete, 22 years of age, took her life. She had endured years of monstrous physical abuse. And she complained time and again And was always ignored. And she took her life last week. She suffered continual beatings, verbal abuse, and sexual harassment by members, plural members, of the coaching staff. In a journal she kept, she wrote that she shed tears every day and would rather die after repeatedly being beaten like a dog. Yes, unfortunately, many dogs are beaten like dogs, but she sought help from many public institutions and all ignored her plea. Again, that young woman tennis player, she had been raped since she was 10 years of age. She's 20 now. Well, her coach has been convicted and sent to jail. (laughs) Another one accused her coach of raping her for four years and so forth. How does it go on so long? Well, these are very young women. It begins when they are just girls. Young girls. And they are under the control of these all-powerful coaches who monstrously insist on demonstrating to themselves that they are men by raping helpless girls. But again, South Korea, more than 9 out of 10 adults have a smartphone, not to mention the young people. And more than 9 out of 10 have access, ready access to the Internet. And with regard to these spy cam videos, again, Any number of young women have been harassed by the public 
who have gone about shaming them and disgracing them and hating on them to the extent that they've taken their own lives. Meanwhile, the Internet sites, they claim that they don't know that these videos taken in bathrooms, in public bathrooms, public changing rooms, they don't know that they were videotaped illegally. Well, again, a massive, pervasive problem in South Korea. And yes, it has shown up elsewhere, you know, in Europe and United States of America, but in UK. But it hasn't reached the proportions that it has in South Korea yet. And given that South Korea just slaps these destroyers on the hand, <laughs> we can, of course, expect the same here. But arrests in South Korea per year, something to the tune of six and a half, seven thousand. Five and a half thousand people taken into custody last year. And of those, five and a half thousand, 119 went to prison. 119 went to prison. That's only 2% of those who were caught in the act. And that was less than the number reported, which was much less than the actual number. Korea, again, (laughs) such an advanced nation South Korea is. But it has an incredibly weak leftist regime. As is the case in all of the Western nations, the free nations. And you might say, well, South Korea is in a Western nation. Well, it might as well be for all intents and purposes. It is in that community of the highly developed free nations. Of course, it has been under threat of being overthrown violently by the communist North Korean regime with the aid and abettance of communist China and formerly communist Russia. But a very lovely young woman, Guhara, a K-pop star, took her life last year, at the end of last year. She was filmed by a boyfriend, videotaped secretly by a boyfriend, and she publicly went on the offensive to fight for justice, you know, that ephemeral justice. And for that, she was viciously attacked online by masses of people. But many others like her, some famous like her, others comparatively unknown, have been pushed into taking their own lives by destroyers. And no punishment for the guilty. 
None. For causing death. For causing horrible suffering and suicide. Another young woman, another K-pop star, probably mispronouncing it, Sully, beautiful young woman, who was known for being outspoken about issues affecting the treatment of women in society. She took her life. Just, these were friends, best friends, Guhara and Sully. And Sully took her life in October of last year in Guhara shortly after that to beautiful, talented young women who had the courage to fight this but who were not able to endure the suffering, the public slandering and defaming and shaming. Shaming for having been victimized monstrously. One woman who works with the multitudes of victims of this says, many victims are horrified to see how their intimate self is being shared, being saved, now and ten years later, and used for entertainment and making money. She said, I make sure to tell them at great lengths that you're not responsible for this and it's not your fault. It's sad, but many victims actually don't have people around them who tell them what I tell them. Instead, people blame them or judge them, and this is why many victims feel, many victims feel so much guilt and shame. And some end up taking their lives. Meanwhile, in the United States of America, Michigan State University, of course, finally agreed to pay a sum of $500 million to a group of lawyers representing 332 girls and young women who had been raped by Larry Nasser, former gymnastics Doctor there for Michigan State University, and also, of course, for USA Gymnastics. More than 300 victims, and it could be over 400. And when reports were made to the FBI, it took the FBI a year and a half to get around to arresting him, during which time he was free to go on raping young girls. This weaker-than-weak, namby-pamby Mr. Peepers who raped these multitudes of girls and young women who were under his control as this illustrious doctor. Oh, bravo, United States of America. We're just doing so well here in this enlightened nation. It will never happen again. You know, these who have suffered this, they want to make sure that it will never happen again. 
Sadly, I need to tell you something. It will happen again and again and again and again and again and again. Nationwide, worldwide, until this world changes. And it's not going to change by leftist, socialist activities. (laughs) Not going to change for the better. It will only change for the worse. But more on that if I can get to it. Meanwhile, an Indian young woman, independent journalist Rana Ayub, some nasty, vicious, hateful people put out some blurbs, you know, some false news, attributing it to her, attributing these statements to her that she hated India, hated the Indian people, and so forth. And, of course, the brilliant masses of people, of course, believed it and started raining venom down upon her because they happened to link this to her. They happened to provide her address, her phone number, and everything else for contact information. And she suffered all manner of hatred As far as I know, she was not raped and murdered. Hopefully not. This goes back a couple years ago now. But absolutely monstrously evil was committed against her courtesy of modern technology. And the blind, ignorant mob mentality of people and their knee-jerk reactions to what they read, what they see on the Internet. Meanwhile, her image, her face, her countenance was also superimposed within a porn flick so that she was further defamed and shamed and so forth. One thing that needs to happen, if nothing else, is that girls and young women need to be taught by their parents a number of things. One, to be circumspect in their actions, in their behavior. Not to go to parties, underage school parties, parties at friends' house, houses and so forth, where Liquor is flowing and drugs are in evidence. And where they can be drugged and where they can be drunk, made drunken and where they can be raped and gang raped and videotaped and so forth. But oh no, we need to be so permissive. We can't have parents teaching children things like that. And again, the parents, so many of them are so ignorant themselves and what have you. But, in addition to that, they need to be taught to be strong mentally, emotionally. But how do you have that when you have a complete dearth of spirituality among so many people? 
or they have this kind of spirituality with this cult or this yogi or Hinduism or Islam or something else, but not Christianity. Or they're involved in Christianity in some church or some denomination or some affiliation which is led by predators. But those who believe that more laws are the answer, more laws and more enforcement of laws, those are the answers. They're in for a rude awakening because those will never curtail these problems, let alone resolve them. Oh, but remember the common histories. We have our common histories, again, going back to Mark Esper and why we should not have Confederate flags at military facilities. Common histories. What what are these common narratives? Well, again, you know, Nancy Pelosi, her narrative is that all of those in the Confederate states of America, all of the leaders and so forth were traitors, guilty of Treason, high treason, and they were only engaged in defending their turf, their families, their loved ones, in order to hold on to slavery. Just a complete bald-faced lie. But other things that we're not aware of (laughs) in our great narratives— Things such as, oh, well, Hitler, he only persecuted the Jews, you know, and murdered the Jews, but not the Christians. In fact, there was vicious, ruthless, murderous persecution and destruction of Christians. France, during World War II, there was very little in the way of Protestant Christianity. One community... Le Chambon sur Lyon, something like that, in the Haute Loire Department, was peopled by Protestant Christians to a very great extent. <laughs> and they chose, through nonviolent resistance, to save thousands of Jews from deportation and murder. And many Jews, finding out about this place, fled there for refuge and were hidden and protected by these people at the risk of their lives, these non-Jewish Protestant Christians. But that was an anomaly in France. But moving on, I mentioned about the technology in South Korea, the pervasiveness of technology, such as the most advanced smartphones and what have you. Well, Vladimir Putin, yes, Vladimir Putin, BFF of the president and of other great leaders, (laughs) Vladimir Putin of Russia of the Russian Federation, he stated the following, quote, whoever becomes the leader 
in the artificial intelligence sphere will become the ruler of the world, end quote. Interesting perspective, don't you think? Whoever becomes the leader in the AI, artificial intelligence sphere, will become the ruler, singular ruler of the world. And it's been found now, it's been shown, it's been demonstrated that an enemy that knows how an artificial intelligence algorithm works can render it useless or even turn it against its owners. And it's been stated that the secret to winning the artificial intelligence wars that are coming might, in fact, have to do with making the greatest use, not of the artificial intelligence weapons, per se, as far as the hard (laughs) machinery, but in making the best use, mastering and making the best, as in worst, use of the software. Speaking of artificial intelligence software, perhaps you saw Princess Beatrice was wed the other day. She is ninth in line to the throne of the UK, of Great Britain. She is not a full-time working royal. She works for a company, Affinity, which is an artificial intelligence software firm, and she is vice president of partnerships and strategy for them. Meanwhile, her husband is a count. (laughs) And... uh, And a tycoon, supposedly, at the ripe old age of 35. So, Princess Beatrice, daughter of Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson, Duchess of York. And just, I just found it fascinating, really. But again, she's a long way removed, you know, only ninth in line, but. Well, meanwhile, I've mentioned time and again, there are going to arise 10 kings. They are off stage currently, off stage left, off stage right. They will come on stage. They will be front and center. 10 kings, whether they are recognized as being kings or merely as world leaders. And then there will be one that will follow them who will depose or subdue or overthrow three of them. And all of these seven will submit to this one. And they will establish a world regime. Impossible. Ridiculous. We know better than that. Well, that one shall come in peacefully. You know, calling for peace, peace using flattery, charm offensives, schmoozing the people, using craft, 
deceit, deception. I mentioned in the previous program about this mob that rose up in Detroit after this black man was slain by the police officers whom he was attempting to murder at point-blank range. Well, again, back to the Red Rules of 1919. Number two, break down the old moral virtues. But moving on, number three, encourage civil disorders. Number four, divide the people into hostile groups. It's working like a charm, isn't it? Something to look forward to. I'm Brad Thomas. And this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you.